Blog Talk Radio. Along with the voting guide. 
Recent breakdowns have included violations of environmental standards in California, the largest ever complaint against the company by the National Labor Relations Board, and most troubling, the global corruption scandal involving alleged bribery of foreign officials in violation of the U.S. Foreign Corrupt Practices Act that the company admits will cost more than $600 million by the end of the current fiscal year. The letter goes on to list reasons Rob Walton should be replaced with an independent board chair, noting that the billionaire has been chairman of the board during the entire period before, during, after the alleged bribery, initial investigation, alleged cover-up, and subsequent investigations. Rob Walton's popularity among shareholders has dwindled in recent years. In 2011, he was re-elected to board with 99% of non-family votes. In 2012, his support dropped following the aforementioned bribery allegations, with about a third of non-family votes going against the patriarch of America's richest family. At last year's annual meeting, Walton saw 22.6% of independent votes cast against him amid worker wage protests and concerns about the company's supply chain, particularly in the wake of the Bangladesh factory disaster. Despite their efforts, our Walmart members and their supporters will undoubtedly be disappointed next Friday. The Waltons, with a combined net worth of $140 billion, now own more than 50% of the company's stock between them, giving them what amounts to a veto. Still, the group intends to put pressure on institutional and foreign investors, having had some success convincing Scandinavian pension funds to divest in recent years. To a similar end, our Walmart has the support of consumer advocacy groups, some of us. The nonprofit is urging anyone with investments in Vanguard or Fidelity, the retailer's largest institutional investors, to send letters asking the funds to vote against Walton's re-election at the meeting. So far, over 16,000 mutual fund investors have signed on to the Some of Us campaign. Our Walmart also has allies on Wall Street. This past weekend, Institutional Shareholders Services, which advises mutual funds on these sorts of decisions, recommended shareholders vote against Walton's re-election. Several years ago, several years into the foreign bribery investigations, and more than a decade after the actions at the heart of the allegation began to occur, shareholders still have little insight into the risks associated with the alleged compliance failure, and little reason for confidence that senior executives will be held accountable for any failures which were found to have occurred on their watch. Walmart's spokesman, Randy Hargrove, said that the Walmart's board will support Rod, Rob Walton's re-election, noting his decade of experience with the company and the industry. He added that the retailer separated the roles of chairman and CEO in 1988, precisely so the former is able to provide oversight while the latter focuses on day-to-day -day business. Of the 14 board members that will be elected that will be elected on June 6, said Hargrove, 10 will be independent. So, inside Walmart shareholders conference, Walmart associates from U.S. stores and some with painted faces 
Oh, there's just pictures of them cheering and doing all kinds of things. Okay. So that's from Forbes magazine. Oh, there's some other stuff on the on this. So Walmart's penny pension. President Barack Obama's is from Politico is delaying releasing the results of a review of his deportation policies until late summer as the White House continues to see a window of possibility for immigration reform in Congress. Focus of the campaign to boost the minimum wage shifts to the local level. Congressional action to raise the minimum wage may have stalled, but a grassroots campaign to lift basic pay is picking up steam at city halls and state legislatures and probably heading to a ballot box in the Bay Area, that would be San Francisco. IRS bars employers from dumping workers into health exchanges. Many employers have thought they could shift health costs to the government by sending their employees to a health insurance exchange with a tax-free contribution of cash to help pay premiums. But the Obama administration has squelched the idea in a new ruling. I wonder why. I don't either. Wouldn't you want that? Mm. I don't know. Let's go on to the article here. Many employers have thought they could shift health care costs to the government by sending their employees to a health insurance exchange with a tax-free contribution of cash to help pay premiums. But the Obama administration has squelched the idea in a new ruling. Such arrangements do not satisfy the health care law, the administration said, and employees may, be, employees may be subject to a tax penalty of $100 a day or $36,000 a year for each employee he goes into the individual marketplace. The ruling this month by the IRS service blocks any wholesale move by employers to dump employees into the exchange. Under a central provision of the health care law, Larger employers are required to offer health coverage to full-time workers, or else the employers may be subject to penalties. Many employers, some that now offer coverage and some that do not, had concluded that it would be cheaper to provide each employee with a lump sum of money to buy insurance on the exchange instead of providing coverage directly. But the Obama administration raised objections contained an authoritative question-and-answer document released by the IRS in consultation with other agencies. The health law, known as the Affordable Care Act, builds on the current system of employer-based health insurance. The administration, like many in Congress, wants employers to continue to provide coverage to workers and their families. I don't think that an employer-based system is going to be or should be replaced anytime soon. Obama said recently. When employers provide coverage, their contributions averaging more than 5000 a year per employee are not counted as taxable income to workers, but the IRS said employers could not meet their obligation under the health care law by simply reimbursing employees for some or all of their premium costs. Christopher E. Kondaluki, a former tax and benefits counsel to the Senate Finance Committee, said the ruling was significant because it made clear that an employee cannot use tax-free contributions from an employer to purchase an insurance policy sold in the individual 
health insurance market, inside or outside an exchange. If an employer wants to help employees buy insurance on their own, Mr. Condalusi said he can give them higher pay in the form of taxable wages. But in such cases, he said, the employer and the employee would owe payroll taxes on those wages, and the change could be viewed by workers as reducing a valuable benefit. Andrew R. Beeble, a tax partner at Clifton Larson Allen, a large accounting firm based in Minneapolis, said the ruling could disrupt arrangements used in many industries. For decades, Mr. Bible said employers have been insisting employees by reimbursing them for health insurance premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. These, the new federal ruling eliminates many of those arrangements by imposing an unusually punitive penalty. When an employer reimburses employees for premiums, the arrangement is known as an employer payment plan. These employer payment plans are considered to be group health plans, the IRS said, but they do not satisfy the requirements of the Affordable Care Act. Under law, the insurance may not impose annual limits on the dollar amount of benefits for any individual, and they must provide certain preventive screenings like mammograms and colon cancer screenings without copayments or other charges. But the administration said employer payment plans do not meet these, those requirements. Richard K. Lindquist, the president of Zane Benefits in Park City, Utah, the software company that helps employers reimburse workers for health insurance costs, said, the IRS is going out of its way to clean employers in the group insurance market and to reduce the incentive for them to drop coverage. The ruling came as the Obama administration rushed to provide guidance to employers and insurers deciding which type of coverage to offer in 2015. In the new regulation, the Department of Health and Human Services said it would provide financial assistance to certain insurers that experience unexpected financial losses this year. Administration officials hope that the payments will stabilize premiums and prevent increases that could embarrass Democrats in the midterm elections. Republicans want to block payments, which they see as a bailout for insurance companies that supported the President's Health Care Act. In a separate rule, the administration prohibits states from imposing onerous restrictions on insurance counselors who educate consumers and help them enroll in health plans. Under the rule, states cannot establish standards that impair the counselor's ability to help consumers. In January, a federal district judge in Missouri found that the state was illegally obstructing these activities of insurance counselors, including those known as navigators. The state has appealed that decision. So that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Okay. Workers in a tech case are likely to get an average of $4,000 a piece. A nearly $60,000 high, no, excuse me, nearly 60,000 high-tech workers are likely to receive an average of $4,000 a piece in the settlement of a class action lawsuit alleging Apple and Google conspired in a legal cartel of Silicon Valley employees employers that secretly refused to recruit each other's engineers. Oh, I've seen that before. So each um, worker is going to receive 
$4,000 a piece. Nice. Is college worth it? Clearly, new data says. Let's see, the New York Times. Some newly minted college graduates struggle to find work. Others accept jobs which they feel overqualified. Meanwhile, student debt has topped $1 trillion. So clearly it says new data. It says that. Some new yeah, I, got, I got something really interesting for um, this. Um, I can come back to that. Yeah, just for a minute, because what they did in... Um, I just saw it, I posted it, because it's so good, that in Chile, uh, some activists who uh, uh, against uh, student debt. Yeah. Okay. What he did is he actually uh, broke in, let's see, uh, destroys the map. Chilean activist steals $500 million of student debt papers from the university and destroys them. <laughs> So they have no, they have no, no record, record. Of, of, of... So they don't know who owes them anything? Yeah, yeah. Is there something? It must be online. What? On, on the Internet, wouldn't it be, the debt? No, not necessarily. Oh. But all of their paperwork, all of their signed agreements and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> he destroyed them all. So they should be there. Oh, I did read something. I don't know where I read it. That Tennessee... Um, they are paying all Tennessee high school graduates get two years tuition at community college or technical school paid for by the state of Tennessee. Wow. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that's enough. Two years of, no, I can't remember where I saw that. Two years of, um, yep, two could, years of co community college or two years of technical school paid for by the state of Tennessee. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. That's exactly how it should be. Yeah, so, I don't know. They, well, they used to do that in California, too. They used to pay for college. Huh? Yeah. In those days. But uh, I think Connecticut would, would think about doing that. But, oh, no, they just don't want to. They don't want anybody to get ahead. Uh, oh, yeah, well, he's, he's starting a... This is the first governor that wanted to cut back on all vocational colleges and schools. Oh. Remember? Yeah. And we got that guy. And now he's, uh, you know, changing his tune uh, when he's not he's sort of being, trying to get reelected. So it's interesting how that's happened. Um, I don't really have that much I, uh, the union stuff. Okay, um, let me just go yeah, on and see. Not, you know, it's, I got more environmental stuff. Some newly minted college graduates struggle to find work. Others accept jobs which they feel overqualified. Student debt, meanwhile, has topped one trillion. It's enough to create a wave of questions about whether a college education is still worth it. A new set of income statistics answer these questions quite clearly. Yes, college is worth it. It's not even close. For all the struggles that many young college graduates face, a four-year degree has probably never been more valuable. The pay gap between college graduates and everyone else reached a record high last year. According to the new data, which is based on an analysis of Labor Department statistics. You have some people who actually got jobs. You know, I can't Just listen. Americans with four-year college degrees made 98% more an hour on average in 2013 than people without a degree. 
That's up 89% five, from five years earlier, 85% a decade earlier, and 64% in the early 1980s. The pay of people with four-year college degree has risen, let's see, c compared to those with, oh, it shows, a, it shows a graph. There is nothing inevitable about this trend. If there were more college graduates than the economy needed, the pay gap would shrink. The gap's recent, recent growth is especially notable because it has come after a rise in the number of college graduates, partly because many people went back to school during the Great Recession. That the pay gap has nothing, nonetheless continued growing means we're still not producing enough of them. We have too few college graduates, says David Oter, an MIT economist who is not involved in the Economic Policy Institute's analysis. We also have too few, too few people who are prepared for college. It's important to emphasize these shortfalls because public discussion today, for which we in the news media deserve some responsibility, often focuses on the undeniable fact that a bachelor's degree does not guarantee success. But of course it doesn't. Not success, especially um, after 15 years of uh, disappointing economic growth and rising inequality. When experts and journalists spend so much time... Yeah, put this on. Okay. That's our guest who just called in, and Leo is going to give him a call on his cell phone as soon as he's ready. Let me just read a little more about this gap. So experts and journalists spend much time talking about the limitations of education. They almost certainly are discouraging some teenagers from going to college and some adults from going back to earn degrees. The decision not to attend college for fear that it's a bad deal is among the most economically irrational decisions anybody could make in 2014. The much-discussed cost of college doesn't change this fact. According to a paper by Mr. Autor, published Thursday in the Journal of Science, the true cost of a college degree is about negative 500000 That's right. Over the long run, College is cheaper than free. Not going to college will cost you about a half a million dollars. Mr. Autor's paper, Building on Work by the economists Chris Avery and Sarah Turner, arrives at that figure first by calculating the very real cost of tuition and fees. This amount is then subtracted from the lifetime gap between the earnings of college graduates and high school graduates. The calculation, of course, is necessarily imprecise because it can't control <laughs> Don't just discount it because times are a little tough. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi, hey, Larry. Hey, how, how are you? Glad to hear you. Good. Good to hear your voices. Oh, great. I heard you were giving a speech. Well, not a speech, but we had a. I'm at a union meeting in the town of Old Saybrook, so uh, just talking a little bit of uh, politics and other stuff to our members. Great. So, did it did it go well? Oh yeah, we have a um, excellent group. Uh, yeah, we have uh, literally hundreds of 
locals around the state, you know, and, and local government and boards of education, such as your your group, Lila, and this is a town hall group, and they're very uh, they're very pumped up. They have a first electman who uh, writes a regular column in the community newsletter, community newspaper rather, talking about how horrible unions are and uh, how out of control the, the power shift has gotten toward unions and how collective bargaining agreements hurt the community. And it, it's just preposterous stuff, but it, it's kind of like the Koch brothers come to Connecticut. You know, the, the real story is the maldistribution of wealth, the concentration of power and money in the hands of the elite, the corporate elite, and the media elite that front for them. And, you know, that's the real story. It's not that union workers are doing anything to hurt the economy. We help the economy. But, you know, here in Saybrook, the first election is going on the offensive to trash uh, uh, unions. So our, our people take it personally. They work very hard. They work long hours, um, keeping Saybrook beautiful for uh, the residents and the visitors. So that's what we're dealing with. Oh, boy, that's, that's, really, that's really tough for people who are working probably eight or more hours a day to have the leader of their community uh, trash them in that way. It is. It's very disheartening. I mean, I would, can't lie to you. Um, and they've been very disciplined about not taking the bait. But, you know, this is where a lot of people's heads are at. And um, I don't know how we got to this point in this country where we, we continually scapegoat the working class, but that's what's going on. I, I think we've gotten to that point because the media is complicit in it. The media is owned by corporations whose agenda is to make as much money at any cost. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. And, that, and that's what we hear. Unfortunately, what they seem to have forgotten is, you know, not everybody buys a Mercedes, but most people buy a pound of butter, but they need money to buy it. Most people yeah, buy we, right. they need money to buy it. Right, we need a consumer economy or else we're in big trouble. And uh, we're, we're not going to be one if, if people don't make a living wage. Nope, you know, nope. it's kind of the old story. They, they're trying to kill a goose that laid the golden egg. Yeah. I agree. That's well said. Yeah. You know, something that's interesting, too, um, just, to, just to bring in a little Connecticut uh, um, uh, uh, Blumenthal and Murphy both voted down the um, increase in pensions for veterans. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, yeah, it was out today. About 67 senators and Markey of, uh, of, of the Massachusetts there, or Rhode Island or whatever.
Probably he's on his cell phone. Yeah, so, yeah. So you got to give him a call back. Yeah. So hang on, folks. Yeah, I will. We just I just finished up the college is a good bet, folks. Just because the media tells you it's not doesn't mean five hundred thousand dollars more. Hey, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Those things I'm happen. in the bowels I'm in the bowels of Route Nine, so uh <laughs> back in a good area. But I don't know what that I, I need to look into that bill and, and why yeah, they voted okay. that way before I could comment you, you kind of caught me off guard there i'm, I'm you know I'm, i don't know if it was embedded it you know was it embedded in part of a larger bill leo i i, I don't know or was it uh, part you know there's a movement to privatize part of the va you know it may have been attached to something that was sort of uh, malodorous yeah because i was i was surprised at that because blumenthal's been on the forefront of um the looking into the veterans issue Right, and Murphy, too. I mean, they've been pretty reliable votes when it comes to uh, benefits for everyone, whether it's Social Security, veterans' benefits, yeah. uh, Medicare expansion, et cetera. So, so I, just, uh, I need to look. Mm. Well, send me a story, Leo, would you? Well, yeah, it's not really a story. It's just, um, uh, it's just uh, a tag and showing what it is, but I can send it to you, sure. In fact, um, yeah. I, I'll share this. I think I already did, but I'll share it again. He'll send it Maybe to you. Should go on Facebook. Maybe we can find that. out what else. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about it next time. Kind of interesting, though. And uh, Reed was involved with that, and there's a whole bunch of Democrats, you know, so. Yeah, because normally they're all voting in favor of uh, yeah, uh, middle-class people and soldiers. There weren't that many Republicans that voted for it. Right, 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 right. Very odd, I thought. So, well, so there must have been something in t attached to that bill or embedded in that bill that they're not right, telling sure us about. You know, when you see That's what I'm wondering. And, you know, unfortunately part of the game, too, and I'm not, again, I don't know about this particular vote, but part of the game that the Republicans have been good at is to, uh, you know, embed, uh, as you just said, Lila, uh, you know, good ideas into bad bills so that they can say their yeah. opponents voted against veterans when, in fact, it may have been quite the opposite. Yeah, no, it's true. I, you know, I, McCain, McCain, McCain's out there talking about vouchers, you know, uh, for, for soldiers. And, you know, and the, the terrible thing is Bush, uh, the younger, um, his administration led the charge to privatize uh, administrative and yep. critical or clinical care functions at the VA. So... When you talk about the perils of privatization, really started with Bush, not under Obama. Oh, that that's yeah. very true. And what a disgrace that is, uh, the veterans' uh, hospitals. And they yeah, remember Walter, the Walter Reed, there been the Bob Walter, Reed. Walter Reed Hospital go back, to the, you know, they go back to the Bush administration. Oh, um, yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, we're still paying for the sins of that administration. People shouldn't forget that. Yeah, do you remember uh, Born on the Fourth of July, that movie with uh, Tom Yeah, Cruise? great movie. Remember? Yep. And they showed the conditions of the VA hospital then with rats yeah. and, and cockroaches yep. and stuff. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, that, that was a great show, a uh, great movie for the, for the time. Well, uh, I, I'm not in favor of any wars, that's for sure, and I don't support that. But I, I certainly don't support the fact that 
We're not taking care of ill people when they come back with uh, terrible diseases and just horrific injuries in the right way. And I agree. certainly so many are suffering from post-traumatic stress. It's terrible. Right. They, they, it's just not yeah. right. And they do all this. All we're, this uh, we're betraying that bargain. You know, uh, we're, we're betraying a bargain, plain and simple. Our end of the, we're betraying our end of the deal with these guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Well, one of of the things I just read on the AFL-CIO blog is that Walmart workers are trying to unseat Rob Walton as the chairman. I think that's great. Yeah. I love that. I I don't. I love uh, that. The the thing is, I think think it's great they're going to try to do that, but apparently the Walmart family now owns more than 50% of the shares. So, right. um, I don't know what success No, I, I, I realize you're right. It's, you know, it's symbolic, but um, I think it shows right. real guts. Oh, I think make so. State. And, yes, it is. It's a family, you know, oligarchy of, uh, you know, these crude billionaires. And uh, I say bravo to the workers for trying to stand up. I mean, they're just uh, the AFL-CIO. I encourage your listeners on the blog show to go to AFL-CIO org and go to their uh, they have a microsite called paywatch.org and that lists all the executive salaries how to read the um, SEC statements but the uh, they just released their findings last month on executive pay for 2013 and the average CEO earns about 331 times uh, the average uh, shop floor worker and in the case of minimum wage workers, such as Walmart, the average CEO is making about 774 times a minimum wage worker. It's just obscene stuff. And, you know, average CEO salaries, well in excess of $10 million. that's just salary, not including all the stock options and all the other perks they hoard to themselves. So, you know, these pigs can't get enough of the slot. Oh, boy, it's really something, isn't it? I did, I did read something that was kind of um, uplifting today, and I think it's great if, if the state of Tennessee uh, is uh, paying for all its high school graduates, who qualify, of course, um, will get two years of uh, tuition at community college or technical school. Paid for by the state. Wow. That is great. That is a good story. You know, we don't hear enough of that. And I thought, gee, that's wonderful. You know, people can, you know, they they can maybe work and get a car and commute to their local community college, or if they're fortunate enough to live in a place where they can take public transportation, you know, they could all they could go on to a state school, state university, or a private university, and even if they had to borrow, they wouldn't owe as much. So they wouldn't be starting far into the hole when they need to get a job. I think it's a great thing. That is an excellent program. I don't know how the state of Tennessee... I'll have to look at that. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't know where I saw that, but I thought, gee, that's wonderful. I don't know whether I... It's good to see something's going right there because they just spent a lot of money trying to uh, successfully bust the UAW organizing drive at the uh, Volkswagen plant. Really? Were they? Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, the UAW lost the vote. Uh, the governor of Tennessee, Bill Haslin, the uh, Senator Corker, uh, all these right-wing, uh, you know, offspring of the Koch brothers, um, they threatened the workers and said that uh, they, Tennessee wouldn't reach the state, wouldn't get enough, wouldn't get the same subsidies they were getting. VW, the management, actually wanted the union. They had no problem because in Germany they had unions. They're used to dealing with them. Uh, they're called worker councils, and they work very well in Germany. And uh, they intimidated the workers into uh, voting down the union. I think it was like the UAW lost by about 50 votes. But, you know, the point is the state government actively intervened and against the workers uh, who wanted a union. I think if they had been left to their own uh, free will, they would have voted the union in. What what did they what did the state do to intervene that was so intimidating? Um, the documents are showing that uh, there were threats made to the workers that their employment uh, wouldn't last because the uh, because if they voted for the union they would lose incentives. VW plant there would lose incentives. Wow, and there's nothing you can do about that. No, the UAW is a appealed to the uh, National Labor Relations Board, but the likelihood of, you know, getting any injunctive relief is slim to none. So I think they're going to, you know, you have to wait a year also when you lose, if you lose a union election, uh, to try and go back and do a new organizing drive. So I don't know what the UAW has in mind, but now the documents are coming out that show that the workers were clearly uh, intimidated, harassed, lied to, and... Um, uh, that's the state of labor relations and labor law. It's all on the side of the employer. Wow. Well, I know they had passed that labor right. relations board under Bush was really right. a mess, and I know Obama appointed a, one or two really good people. Yeah, they're, they're, there are better people on the board, but there's such a backlog of cases. But, um, you know, again, the, the employer, Volkswagen, headquartered in Germany, actually had no problem uh, and encouraged workers. They they vowed not to interfere with the organizing drive, and they didn't. The interference came from Republican politicians who uh, stoked up the anti-union workers and intimidated the, many of those who were for the union. Unbelievable. No, we, uh, uh, here Can't something. make it up. Yeah, I can't. But well, here's something good. If you, you know, it came from Ashley actually, is a, a raise for every home care worker in Vermont. During in Vermont, you saw that, yeah. Yeah, negotiations with the state home care provider, Ashley Local 4802, Council 93 reached a tentative agreement that calls for every home care worker to receive a well-deserved raise. That's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, we in so many folks wouldn't be able to keep their elderly loved ones at home without home health care workers. I know that I was the beneficiary of uh, home health care workers with both of my parents, and I can't speak. They couldn't get paid enough as far as I'm concerned. They did a wonderful job. I'm uh, glad to hear you say that. And, you know, that's been one of the kind of new frontiers in union organizing because they're essentially um, subsidized through state government. And uh, unfortunately, however, there is quite a black cloud developing, which is that uh, similar legislation was passed in Tennessee enabling home health care workers to organize. 
and a uh, home care worker appealed it to anti-union groups, including the National Right to Work Foundation, are funding the appeal, and it's made its way to the Supreme Court. So we're actually awaiting a Supreme Court decision, which uh, could take on any number, there could be any number of scenarios, the worst case scenario being that uh, essentially public unions would be, uh, come, America would become a right to work nation for public employees in a worst case scenario. The Supreme Court could say that no worker should be uh, compelled to join a union even though they get the benefits of representation and, um, you know, so it wouldn't just be the Illinois home care workers, it would be every worker in every state. So we're, we're watching uh, that decision from as early as this week. Really? It's called Harris versus Quinn, yes. Uh, Harris v. Quinn is the name of the case. And again, it's a case where the situation where the uh, anti-union right has uh, found a hook and they're trying to use it to uh, further weaken unions. So we're waiting to see how the Supreme Court could rule. They could... Uh, make kind of a small-scale decision upholding it uh, the law in Illinois. They could say that there needs to, they need to revisit it, um, and it could go as uh, deeply as saying that no public employee anywhere um, should be forced to join a union, which really isn't quite accurate anyway. But um, as I say, in its worst-case uh, version, we could see uh, significant damage to public sector unions. Wow. That would that would really erode the power of the unions. Yeah. Right, which is what the goal is. Yeah. yeah. And how how does that Supreme Court look? I mean, gee. <laughs> well, put it to you this way, it's a corporatist Supreme Court. Yeah, it's not uh, promising. And, and the swing vote apparently is uh, Scalia. Oh. Oh. So uh, I hope I have, uh, you know, decent news to report to you next time we talk. I may have terrible news. We'll see. Hey, I, hope I, I hope so. I'm I'm really concerned about that. I didn't realize there was that case. Mm. Yeah, That's check out the um, – I had it in there. I'll, I'll send you some clips if you need them. I, I, there was a clip in today's uh, – I know you get those news clippings I send out. So uh, check out the Philadelphia Inquirer story. Okay. You got uh, I'll just send about that uh, raise that these uh, home health workers get. It says the lowest paid members yep. will receive a 30% increase raise. That's right. Yeah. And they're voting on it right. uh, June 10th, I think. Which well, is, that's a great thing. I mean, uh, how, how can you can't pay people like that enough, really? They're taking care of your very ill elderly parents. Oh. You know, and, well, and they deserve to make Rough work. I mean, yeah. I was and, uh, so appreciative of being able to have people that I could count on come into my parents' home. It was wonderful. Right. Yeah, and, you know, and, and walk in their shoes, you know, do their work and see, and then tell me they don't deserve uh, some protection and some dignity that would come from having a collective bargaining agreement and having a union. Absolutely, and, and my parents, fortunately... Were, had their wits about them right up to the end. But yeah. They yeah. also have to take care of people who are suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's and people who are, you know, in their own homes but still are suffering from that. And that's no easy task. 
You know, right. It, I agree. So I'm really glad that things are looking better for them in Vermont, and maybe that'll spread across the country. I hope so. Right. We'll see. We'll see. It should. It ought to. And and, and it is. You know, uh, SEIU is organizing uh, workers in Connecticut, and you know, and to his credit, Governor Malloy actually uh, filed a friend of the court brief. Um, on behalf of the defendants, uh, which would be, you know, Governor Quinn in Illinois, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, collective bargaining works in Connecticut and not overstepping any legal boundaries to uh, enact laws that enable um, state-funded home care workers to organize. So, you know, credit should go to the governor of Connecticut and the Attorney General Jefferson for um, essentially saying these workers should have the right to unionize and that the opponents in Illinois are way off base. Well, that's, well, that's good. good. That's good. That's, that's a positive thing. And, uh, I guess, um, you know, I was going to ask you if you've heard anything mm-hmm. about, about Obamacare lately. It's been pretty well squashed in the news. Nobody's um, really said too much. Nobody's it, really said it, much about do, Obamacare. Do you get feedback that it's working for people? I do. I mean, look, I'm I'm trying to look at everything I see. Uh, you know, in Connecticut, which has a very well-run exchange, uh, people are signing up. There uh, aren't anywhere near the kinds of problems we've heard in other states. Um, overall, and I, I think, unfortunately, the narrative has been one that the system isn't working. And, you know, but, but the narrative is being spun by people who have no uh, interest in actually seeing uh, health care reform take root. So, you know, again, we... You know, you guys know where I stand. Do I think it goes far enough? Nowhere near far enough. But is it doing what it should be doing, which is providing uninsured folks with a chance to get uh, affordable insurance? Absolutely. Um, you know, is is it causing some issues within collective bargaining agreements? Yes. Um, uh, you know, but, again, we supported it because of the fact that people don't have insurance. And we we need to figure out how the rising tide. We need to create the rising tide that lifts all boats. But um, so I believe it's working. Um, do I like the way it was structured? Of course not. But um, you know, again, the Republicans have no better ideas. And you know, no. in Connecticut, the exchange is working. Oh, I agree. See, the, the reason one of the things that spawned, spawned my uh, my question was because. I, uh, 60, I get something here that says 62% of all bankruptcies in the U.S. are as a result of medical bills. Three quarters yeah. of bankrupted had insurance when they got sick. For profit health care bankrupts, it says. And health care. Right. This is from the Blue Street Journal, but they're asking should the Affordable Care Act have been included a public option? Tell us your thoughts. It's a kind of petition. Absolutely. In- and I believe it should have. Absolutely. In fact, I believe the public option, you know, again, I mean, the public option should be the only option. I'm saying what? Whoops. I believe the public option should be the, the only option should be a public option. You know, in, in, in Larry's world, that, that would be the only option. I agree with you. Yeah. Just like Medicare, you know, Medicare. So. Yep. Yeah. It, you know, I, it got too complicated because they were trying to keep private insurers in the game. So, uh, kind of why we have this sort of mishmash uh, going on. 
Uh, do you think that that will straighten itself out over time? I do, but I worry about uh, what, you know, I worry about the politics of it. For example, if the uh, Republicans take the White House in 2016 and end up with the White House as well as control of Congress, uh, they may not repeal, uh, but they certainly would move to defund the HCA, and uh, that could just cause such an uproar for people who have signed up. And uh, that, so that's my concern is, you know, what are, what are the future, quote-unquote, leaders going to do with this program? Um, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm ashamed. I, I'm not ashamed. I'm, I'm angry that some Democrats have backed away from it, not, not in Connecticut, but in other states. Uh, you know, the only way we're going to get to a public option is to build on, on the ACA. Um, so you can't trash it. you got to say we can do better. And the, we, and the do better mechanism, obviously, as we three of us agree, is the public option. Yeah. So hey, I want to see the ball kept in play. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you. You might, you might get a kick out of this. Um, another banker dead. Iran executes Rothschild billionaire on $2.6 billion bank fraud. Use fraudulent funds to implement Agenda 21 and buying state property. Yeah. Billionaire businessman, uh, bankster, uh, had a state scam in the largest fraud case since the country's 1979 Islamic Revolution was executed Saturday uh, in a state television report. I guess we call that good news. We call that good news, right? Well, yeah, he, yeah. he's a banker who paid the price. I guess we can't say no bankers paid the price. No. Well, you know, it's certainly a uh, not advocating institution, but uh, Lord knows there uh, no bankers have been uh, penalized for crashing the economy in 2008. Yeah, I mean, this guy stole $2.6 billion. So, I mean, at least yeah. Iran's... In this country, if you, yeah, if this country, you scam the taxpayers and the people and destroy their lives, you're treated like a hero. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it, I, I, every time I think of that, I get really angry. Yeah. It is. It, you know, I, I joke about it because I am so angry and all I can, the only outlet or valve, the least valve I have is to make a joke because it really is disgusting. I, I know. You got you to gotta, you gotta find that. That made me feel uh, justice is somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, you know, for all the yeah. bad things going on in that country, they got one thing right, execute the bankers. <laughs> That's really funny, but no, we're 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 in uh, rough shape there. But uh, can you imagine them doing that to uh, the chairman of Goldman Sachs? You know, or any of these other? I'd, or, I'd buy, I'd buy tickets. I would too. I have public <laughs> oh, execution. Oh, Larry! <laughs> public execution. Play on, uh, we're, we're, when uh, there's a joke, there's a joke from the fifties uh, when. Uh, Louis B. Mayer, who, you know, the tyrant who ran, uh, you know, MGM Studios died. And the, uh, there were like 2,000 people lined up into the streets of Los Angeles to the funeral home. And uh, the comedian Red Skelton says, it just goes to show you when they give the people a show that they want, they'll turn out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people are so clever, aren't they? No, that's, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh, wow. oh boy! But we're we're um, we're 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 optimistic. But I'll tell you, we were reading an article yesterday on the Koch brothers, uh, what they're what they're trying to do in Detroit. 
These guys are, they're, they're plunderers. They're plundering you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just horrible what they're doing. I mean, they want to, they, they want to uh, 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 stop funding. It was $195 million of state funding that limit pension cuts to no more than 4.5% and protect the Detroit Institute of Art from liquidating its collection. This is a settlement to the governor. It's not a bailout. But uh, but according to the Koch brothers, they don't they, they think it's a it's a bailout. They don't want anything to do with it, and they're going after. They're spending it. tons of money. Yeah, and then you know you know that operation there their 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 political operation there. Uh, Pride Americans for Posterity. Yeah. Yeah. Evil people. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they they about to go after any politician who votes for that uh, for for that. Uh, Compromise. Compromise, right? Yep. Yep. Right. So, yeah, they're they're terrorists. They're billionaire terrorists. They're a disgrace. <laughs> they remind me of the barbarians surrounding the castle and starving people to death. And then when the people mm. were killing them all and stealing all the gold, they yeah. just plunder. Well, it's like, and, and what's sad about it is that uh, foundations and art benefactors put over four, $466 million dollars to put that deal together, and all while, individual. While the auto uh, union, uh, United Auto Workers, Michigan Building and Construction Trades Council, have pledged to contribute to the settlement, and that was one uh, over Republicans who said they'd oppose the deal unless unions coughed up money too. But everybody seemed to compromise. But now the Koch brothers determined that they are going to destroy, destroy anybody who right. voted for them, including Republicans. The you know, sad thing is the pensioners are taking a cut, a significant cut, to their benefits as part of the awful compromise. Yeah. I mean, this guy wants, this guy wants not only blood, he wants their death, you know. It's, it's, it's sick. It's, these people are sick. I, I don't know how people like that get so powerful. Well, I, you know, they're ruthless. Well, you know how. It's called money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably one of the biggest things that that, that cracked me up was they uh, see they're they're an energy company really that's how they started but they're coal. not they're everything and coal and right the worst country one of the worst states one of the most impoverished states in the country is West Virginia all right and Kentucky um, or Kentucky actually and their biggest industry is coal all right and right who, who owns most of their mines Coke Brothers. Right, I read this other day. Yeah, and and uh, you know it's absolutely insane. But you know what's even crazier? People get people that are people. Most of that state is on welfare or are really stat, substandard. You know, uh, below below you know, uh, high percentage of below they're in poverty, and the majority of them are voting eighty percent Republican in every election. Yeah, yeah, they're voting against their own interests. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but they're saying, oh, the coal industry, you know, uh, you know, Obama doesn't want us to have the coal industry. But the problem is, is, is the coal industry has, has absolutely destroyed 
a good portion of their environment there. Okay, they accept these guys in poverty, all right, and and safety hazards and that god awful things that 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 are terrible. Uh, and yet, and yet, eighty percent of the voting populace in Kentucky. You're presuming that the votes are counted accurately, which you know well, they, they are. Probably the not. Well, they may be, but you know they're voting against their own best interests, which is typical of blue-collar Republicans that do that all the time. Unfortunately, yep, yeah. it goes back to the Reagan Democrats and. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. what these people like Koch brothers have done. They've fitted uh, one of the worst things they've been able to accomplish with their money and media power is to pit working people uh, against each other. So you have the coal miner blaming, you know, the, the librarian and the school teacher when in fact they should be pointing the finger at the Koch brothers. That's exactly, 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 exactly right. right. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. But uh, Larry, we, 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 we have so much for calling in tonight. Um, Thanks. I, I appreciate I, you guys finally catching up, being patient with me, and uh, we will talk soon. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, we'll have you on even Good. early next week. We'll have you on early next week. Good. Uh, early for uh, next week. And uh, we'll yep. thank you so much. Yep. And, uh, send me that what stuff you? about Murphy and Paul. Okay. Yeah, we All will. Right. All, right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, share it on Facebook. You should get some of that. All right. Okay. Good All right. night. Oh, okay. Good I'll night. find it. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Now, Larry Dorman, uh, public affairs coordinator for, for AFNI, AFNI Council for New yeah. Britain, Connecticut. Larry always on the road, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we got uh, we got uh, a lot, two minutes left here, so yeah, I wanted geez. to. Time went yeah. zooming by. Yeah, good. Uh, that's good. That's a nice, good show. Um, I'm all. For, I don't know about you, but I'm all for term limits. Yeah, I and, am too. Uh, three quarters of Americans want term limits. Like if you are one of them, I I do. You know, to have people in office for. I don't. Years it was and, never created to be a lifetime job. No, no. So you know, I, I I'm a big supporter of term limits. Um, you know, you can get a. I don't know if there's a petition going around, um, but uh, maybe there is. Would America be a better place without career politicians? I think so. Probably, you know. Because what is it? They're not serving. They're there to serve their own interests. Well, yeah. And what well, they if you're do, a lifetime, that's yeah. what that is, serving you, not serving the people. Yeah. You know, and, you know just to end on a note here, in case you, I, I think I read this last night. I'm not sure if I mentioned it last night. No. 900 bases in 153 countries. Is not fighting for your freedom. It is an empire. For our government to have, for our country to have a hundred, to have nine hundred bases in one hundred and fifty-three countries is absolutely insane. That right? sure is. I mean, the, oh, the trillions and trillions. I say trillions of dollars that are going into defense spending for these guys to be, you know, uh, you know, in uh, Gabon or um, whatever, whatever. Uh, countries that in 153 countries, folks, there's only 191 recognized countries in the entire world. All right, yeah, and uh, so it's just a, it's just bizarro, it's totally bizarre. But I wanted to that, thank, uh, I wanted to mention that tonight, just to make note, you know, that uh, why aren't we spending more money on health? Why aren't we spending it on education? Why aren't we spending it on creating infrastructure? Why aren't we spending it right instead of being in 154 countries with 900 military bases and 3 million 
veterans who are getting shot up. And, so think about that, yeah. folks, and we thank yeah. you for being with us, and yeah. we hope you tune in tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, and tomorrow we've got a special, uh, special guest. We've got Maria Fix-Algeri joining us, a psychic, clairvoyant, and a good friend. And we'll, be, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Um, right here. So good night, folks. Yeah. Have a great night.